You're listening to More Than Talk, where each week we speak with faith-filled individuals who are influencing the world around them. As you hear their story, we know that you'll not only be inspired, but you'll be challenged to do more than just talk. Hi, I'm Rebecca Pratt, and today I'm hosting Jonathan and Laura Green. Jonathan is a lawyer and also led the William Wilberforce Foundation from its inception in Australia, securing funding, building the staff and volunteer team and supporting some of Australia's most marginalised and disadvantaged people. Jonathan has the privilege to now chair the board of the William Wilberforce Foundation, whilst his wife, Laura, is a program coordinator in palliative care for Monash Health. Laura has a background in social work and is currently designing a streamlined approach to support patients and families so that they can receive holistic care. Not only are Jonathan and Laura parents to their two-year-old son, Jack, but a number of years ago, Jonathan founded an event called Gathering, which caters for 25 to 35-year-old emerging leaders. Together with Laura, they have sponsored 370 delegates, giving these emerging leaders an opportunity to not only connect with and encourage one another, but also to hear from and be mentored by some of the best-known leaders in Australia. The purpose of gathering is to help emerging leaders discover their calling and discover their why, so they are mobilised to play a role in shaping a better Australia and a better world. Today's episode is all about knowing your why and understanding and discovering why you do what you do. I know you're going to be so inspired as you hear Jonathan and Laura's story. So without further delay, please enjoy the podcast. Hi, Jono and Laura. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Beck. Thanks for having us. Hey, Beck. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to share. So thank you for having us. Looking forward to chatting today. And I'm excited for our community to hear from you as well. So to start us off, maybe do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves, what life looks like right now and what you're currently involved in? Well, right now, um, we have our little two-year-old son, Jack, sitting on our lap uh, watching you YouTube Kids. Because Very he's cute. supposed to be having a nap right now, and he decided that he'd prefer to be part of this podcast. Which, which We want um, him here. So this is real life for everyone. This is real life talk. He maybe needs a few more years so he can fit into the age group, but um, he's hopefully going to learn a few things today. Maybe we'll learn a few things too, which will be good. Um, yes. But uh, we've been married for 11 years this year and um, we've had some great adventures together. Um, These days I work in the law. I'm a lawyer working in property um, and not-for-profit law and a bit of corporate advisory type work as well. Um, But before that I was involved in um, not-for-profit work uh, with a a few different organisations um, and so, yeah, God's led us on some really exciting mm. and fun adventures um, mm. and we're loving this adventure now as well, being parents and surviving COVID with, yes. with uh, a child around the house most of the time as well. Yeah, it's a great stage of life. It's very full and wonderful, but it is. It's a juggling act, um, which I felt too, because I also work as well, um, usually three days a week, but right now over five days, so yeah, about four to five hours per day. It's flexible, so that's great. But um, yeah, it's, I work as a um, program coordinator in palliative care um, for Monash Health. Um, so I do, part of my role is um, designing, I guess, a program to kind of help integrate um, the hospital service with community and cultural palliative mm. care services to improve the communication amongst all three, um, which 
hopefully provides a more streamlined approach to care for our patients and families. So it's all about supporting them and making sure they get holistic care um, during a very difficult time like palliative care. So yeah, um, and I oversee our volunteer team as well. So I've got about 30 volunteers that I recruit and train. Wow. Um, yeah, so that keeps all of us very busy. I'm a social worker by background. Um, and yeah, really enjoying this life stage for sure. Mm. Mm. So good. And Jono, you also chair the board of the William Wilberforce Foundation. What does that foundation do? Mm, yeah, look, the William Wilberforce Foundation came out of the work of Alpha and Holy Trinity Brompton, which I'm sure some who are on this podcast, they might have been on an Alpha or they probably know of Alpha. Um, it's had an incredible impact on so many people's mm. lives all around the world. Uh, and so I worked with Alpha for a bunch of years and um, a couple of the trips that I did over to the UK, but also a couple of the trips where some of the team from the UK came out here. I got to know a little bit about their social action and transformation work. Um, a lot of that was working with people coming out of the prison system. One of their uh, ministers who works under Nicky Gumbel, a guy called Reverend Paul Cowley, uh, he used to be in prison himself. and. Mm faced you know a whole range of different issues like homelessness and things like that he had an amazing story of um faith and and coming to faith at about 40 um and so he really started to introduce the church into this world and almost reluctantly himself because he didn't really <laughs> want to go back into prison um but god called him into mm. that and i think in a similar way i just saw having worked with lots of churches through alpha i saw the the great role that churches could play uh in helping the least of these people who mm. are coming out of the prison system and people who are struggling with addiction and are struggling to overcome these things struggling to move on with their life god's a god of second chances and um, i really believe that and i know laura and i both um, believe that because we've, we've over a number of years worked mm. with young offenders and mm. you know people coming young people coming through the foster care system and at-risk youth and so it, it was a no-brainer in some ways to start mm. the William Wilberforce Foundation when we had yeah. the opportunity. And so with some other people who um, really helped along the way, uh, I spent about six years leading that uh, as as the pioneer and, and CEO, I guess. And uh, then a couple of years ago, I transitioned to being on the board and, and chairing it uh, when I took a step out to work in the legal space. Wow, well, what an incredible foundation to be a part of. Now, the both of you uh, run what you call Gathering. What is Gathering? How did it all come about? Yeah, well, I'll start that off and then Laura can share a little bit more only because it kind of stemmed out of the work of Wilberforce and it came from a whole lot of conversations that I was having with people around what does it look like to mobilise significant leaders who are going to mm. transform our world and, mm. and stand up and, and be counted um, as leaders. Uh, if you look at, the, we, we called it the William Wilberforce Foundation because it's such a powerful name and he was somebody who fought for the uh, abolition of the slave trade, but he also fought for uh, his other great passion, which was the reformation of manners. And mm. really that was about trying to create a more equitable society for those who were in mm. it. And Wilberforce is known for these things, but he actually had a great group of people who got behind him called the Clapham Sect. And that was a whole bunch of significant leaders in society at that time who were Christians who wanted to see transformation in their society, who were willing wow. to step up. And so I, I guess I saw and, and envisaged um, this idea of 
getting leaders together who you know high capacity high potential leaders who have a christian faith who say hey look i'm not just content with just you know turning Mm. up to my job or just you know going to church on sunday and just having these separate worlds and Mm. you know these sort of clock in clock out sort of mentality i want to serve god through every part Mm. of my life and my career is something that has become you know quite significant and god's gifted me with skills and i want to use those for him and so um really it it kind of is is about raising up that next generation of social reformers of Mm. wilber forces of people who stand up and want to be counted and and who want to lead uh and lead through their faith Mm. and i think too for us you know growing up it's so important to have you know the leaders in church and that's very much that's so Mm -hmm. important and pastors to look up to and but I think too perhaps you know we started noticing you know a bit of a gap too that as you know young professionals we want to look to older generations and see you know because I think for us personally we've often felt called to work outside of the church and calling us and that's you know just as valid as in the church you know we yes. also have to be in the world and representing him um within the world in that sort of context so i think yeah we, we'd have lots of discussions about that and mm. you know felt very called to social justice issues and those sorts of things so i think after noticing that gap and then you know as you've started gathering and how it's evolved um it's just that idea of really also bringing these incredibly experienced um speakers and mentors who can be role models for this younger generation where you go wow you're working in you know different fields Mm. in society different sectors whatever it is across the board you know creative um artistic um health non-for-profit corporate you know across the board and being like wow you're you know shining your light for god living with integrity um and really calling the yeah uh, sorry following the calling um that god has placed on your life so that's inspiring and i think people want to get on board with that so it's kind of that's how it's kind of evolved and just grown um through the last three years that we've Mm. been running it Mm. for now so the goal really is to empower and equip um equip sorry these young um, professionals from about 25 to 35 yeah 40 ish <laughs> and and so very very briefly what it is is mm. we open nominations and so we've done that for the last three years uh, and we sponsor uh, the first year is about a hundred. 105 the next mm. year was about 130 last year we had our biggest and, and the biggest that we want it to be we sponsored 150 delegates and so they're all emerging leaders who yeah. um, are christians who are in that sort of 25 to 35 year old age group and who are working in the marketplace or are working out in society in, in a range of different um, jobs and, and fields and who want to uh, serve god and and Follow his calling in their life and so we bring them together mm. on the gold coast uh for a couple of days we pay for everything they just have to get themselves there and we bring in some incredible as laura said some incredible mentors that they can hear from connect with and get mm. alongside and we keep it small you know we, we mm. get hundreds and hundreds of nominations more mm. than we can take but we keep it small because we want to create that shoulder to shoulder space mm. where you can connect with mentors but also you can build friendships mm. and peers Um, for life that you can journey with Mm. and it's a great opportunity where you know there's 
worship time as well and then there's mm. keynotes but it's mixed up with sort of some workshops everyone has you know meals together mentoring and sessions yes mm. yeah so well we'd love to take everyone you know every year but yeah like John said me. that's a small <laughs> 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 it's and great it's really exciting what God is doing in this space it feels, and, yeah and by September most people we get a lot of Melbournians most people particularly <laughs> in the south want to thaw out and so the Gold Coast <laughs> is a good spot to come yeah. to <laughs> yes well honestly I think think what you have created is so inspiring and very much needed for Christian young professionals. And I want to ask you a few questions about gathering in a moment, but what is it like working together on <laughs> gathering? How do you manage this on top of all of your other life commitments? Yeah, very good question. <laughs> um, Uh, I think, you know, at the heart of it, we really do enjoy being together. We are a good team, so um, we enjoy it, which is a big part of it. Um, But I guess we're still figuring it out. It is not easy. Like we said, we are both, um, you know, we've got our marriage, which is very important to us, and and being parents and doing that really well and honouring God with our marriage and being parents. So that's always priority for us. Um, so I guess it kind of then doing this extends well beyond that with our work too. Um, and it, yeah, it's a juggling act. And I think um, for us, you know, having a lot of grace and patience for each other um, is really important because we're human. You know, you have moments where we get tired and it's a massive extra responsibility, I think, on top of um what we're doing Mm. um i think we balance each other well you know john is very much Mm. sort of that visionary um he's great with networking and raising the the funding and sponsorships and finding the speakers and i guess i like doing um the smaller details and kind of i'm you know much more kind of organized i like kind of coordinating things coordinating the event and being Mm. relational with the delegates and things like that too so i think we can complement each other well um but yeah it's definitely a challenge we're learning a lot as we go we do not have it all figured out yet but i think Mm -hmm. for us um you know having some boundaries protecting time with each other and knowing that there are ebbs and flows and i guess sometimes you know we have moments a few months before where it's like this is full on there's so much to get done but life is ebbs and flows hey like it's different seasons yeah. and we have to remind ourselves okay it's busy at, at this time because it's you know the build up to the conference um but we know that our time is being spent wisely you know mm. ultimately underlying all of that is that we feel called to be doing this so i think yes um at the end of the day yes it, it's not the easiest thing to do it is um you know extra pressure sometimes but we feel so passionately about it and we feel like mm. it's meeting a need it's filling a gap god has we don't exactly know why but placed it in our hands right now and um i think we want to honor him in that um and we feel privileged to be in this role so we take that really seriously um and yeah i guess we feel like we, we're happy to be pushed a bit out of our comfort zone because um, we feel like that's where god is mm. ultimately calling us right now so yeah there's and there's definitely a cost involved and i think you know mm. god's given us i guess the the grace and and i guess um Know, the the ability to be able to uh, deal with that because I think you know whenever you take something on it means that you can't do other things and so um, it there's been periods where we've just had to kind of knuckle down and go all right well we you know we're working on this we need to get this done and that means we can't just you know sit and watch Netflix not that you know watching Netflix is is a bad thing and, and we still watch Netflix yeah. <laughs> but, let's be honest just got to clarify uh, yeah. but, but you know I think sometimes sacrifice and cost um, are involved in you know 
actually following God's calling. And uh, mm, in fact, I'd definitely. probably go as far as to say that often sacrifice and cost so is involved mm-hmm. in following God's calling. And if you want to pursue those things um, that, you know, and, and for us gathering was that, that, you know, God has put on your heart, then it's probably not going to always be straightforward and easy. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be things that, you know, are difficult and hard and that you might have to go, all right, well, because I want to follow God's calling, I'm going to have to give up those things or I'm going to have to sacrifice them or I'm going to have to Mm. not do those other things. Mm. And Mm. I think it's important too as well just to say that I think the way that or our ability to cope as well, we're not in isolation. We've got a lot of Mm. amazing family, friends, incredible team that help us with gathering too. You know, we're not by ourselves. And even, you know, when we were up at gathering last year, my parents came up and and looked after um, Jack, you know, so we could be kind of going in between and being up front or providing Mm. some and so we don't do it alone so having that support network is really crucial for us as well yeah you guys are doing a great job and balancing it all so well and i'd love our community to be able to hear some stories coming out of gathering can you share what impact gathering is having on young professionals yeah one of the joys i find is uh listening to at gathering but also afterwards um the impact that it's had for people and some of those stories and uh, I think a couple remember sitting with one of the delegates a few years ago and she was telling me um, that she had gone back to her workplace and because her work, which is a secular organisation, had given her, um, I guess, professional development leave to go mm. to gathering, they said when she came back, well, we'd love to hear about, you know, what you learnt. And she shared it and her manager said, wow, there's some incredible things that you've learnt there. Um, would you share that with the rest of our team? And so she had this incredible opportunity um, of sharing, you know, the lessons she learnt at gathering from the mentors that she spoke to with a whole team of people who were not Christians, not people of faith and that was quite amazing. She had some of the some of the colleagues saying, "How can I go?" Um, so wow. uh, that was amazing. We've had other um, uh, situations where, and and I think really, you know, we spend a lot of time in the lead up um, doing things like working out who people room with because we we put people specifically in sort mm. of we we do apartments and so we put people in you know four people to apartments so they can build relationship with one another and oftentimes. You're not in a room with, you know, four people, three other people that you know. Sometimes it, you know, can be three people that you're just being connected with. Mm. But I remember um, one story and and really this was was Laura's um, doing more so than mine. But just the the flow and the work of the, the Holy Spirit in terms of, you know, prompting us to do things. Uh, there were four women who were put into a room together and all four of them had a shared history um, of some really difficult um, Mm. uh, situations that had occurred in their life and we had no idea when we put them in that room together that that would be the case but out of that they were able to really forge an incredible connection Mm. with one another and pray with one another and and encourage one another through that time Mm. Um, so stories like, and there's countless others yeah. where people have forged these friendships and connections with mm. each other and, and with the mentors um, where they're able to, you know, uh, really be a, a significant um, 
encouragement to one another on an ongoing basis. Yeah, and you'll find too for some delegates it's really um, a pivotal time where they come and you know the trajectory of where they're thinking their lives are heading. It can it can change after gathering. They kind of get that time to to stop and reflect and refresh and be encouraged. And they go, I think God's calling me here, and Mm. I'm going to go for it. Other people will come and say, Yeah, you know what? I feel encouraged. Um, and assured that this is where God has called me. So I think people, obviously, you know, they come from different stages of life and seasons, but we've had a lot of positive feedback. And just that connection, I remember talking to one guy who said um, he's in marketing and he said, I've never met any other Christian marketers. Like he just hadn't. And then at Gathering, there are about five of them. And so they're all connecting from different states. And because it can be, it's hard sometimes out there, you know, and you can feel discouraged and think, is this where I should be? And once you start finding some other Christians and getting that support, and people mm. talking into your lives, it makes a world of difference. It's definitely yeah. So, so yeah, it's been pretty amazing. <laughs> and John, know something we've talked about previously is this idea of knowing your why, and this is something I would love us just to focus on, even for the next few moments. Can I ask why is it important for young professionals to know their why? Yeah, well, I think if if you don't focus on what your why is, then you end up you know, I guess, stumbling through life and landing on perhaps Mm. some really good opportunities, but not fully embracing um, the purpose that God has for you. And I think uh, when we are able to fully embrace that and we're able to fully step into all that God has called us to, uh, that's where we see incredible things happen. It's not saying that, you know, incredible things don't happen mm. outside of that, but I think the fullness of, of God's plan and, and mm. His purpose in our lives, uh, when that's played out, that that's mm. really the sweet mm. spot. And we've seen that with gathering time yeah. and time again with people. And I think it's such a common thing, you know, so many people are, that's what a lot of people talk about, you know, what am I here to do? You know, aside from that broader goal of honoring God and glorifying God, you know, but how does it look for me? and you know how God's created me and where do I fit and I think a lot of people wrestle with that Um, but I think like John I said once you start figuring that out it can be it's so releasing and freeing and empowering I I feel confident and assured that this is where God wants me and like you said Mm. yeah you can just sort of see God's hand in everything um, going forward and I think we've had a lot of conversations with friends and with other people and even through gathering who've wrestled with this in, in a workplace or in a secular environment, does that mean that I'm fulfilling my purpose and living out God's calling? Or should I, you know, go and quit my job and go work full-time in ministry? Um, and, you know, that, that definitely is a calling for some, and, and but I would say just as much uh, that, that God has called others to work in secular, secular environments and, and to be a catalyst for change through those it's kind of that um, Joseph story of of how God placed Joseph in unlikely circumstances in such a pivotal position in um, Egypt um, for a time where he was needed and where God was able to use him. And, and I think for, for us, um, that's really a big part of uh, what, what we want to try and encourage people around is allow God to place you in the position and in the place where he wants you to be. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it feels a bit awkward. Sometimes it feels a bit uncomfortable. Um, But 
if we truly embrace God's calling, um, that's where we can see some incredible things happen. Mm. And Laura, it'd be great to hear from you on this as well. What is your why? Do you have an individual why or is it combined? And how did you come to that conclusion? Mm, very good question. I mean, I think for us, combined why is definitely, you know, with I guess mm. playing out with gathering. Um, but I think... Um, you know, aside from being a wife and a mum, which I love doing as well, I do feel called particularly to um, the work that I'm doing. I think I've always mm-hmm. had a lot of um, empathy and compassion um, for people and kind of wanting to, with that social work background, it's about empowering people and helping them to know they can um, live their best lives and be their best selves. So it's sort of trying to help um, empower them in that. <laughs> Um, sorry, my technical toddler issue. It's gorgeous. (laughs) It's a balancing act, sorry. Um, Yeah, so I think that um, idea of empowering people into where, you know, where God's called you um, is really important to me and kind of Mm. being the best self um, that you can be. So for me, it has kind of played out within social work. Um, it's It's been a process of figuring that out. Like I remember... I actually went into, I started doing um, business management psychology. That was kind of where I straight out of school. And then I, I was intentional about kind of trying to figure out where does God see me fitting or where can my skill set be used? And I actually used a book, I think it was called like Dream Girl or something like that. And I went through <laughs> and it said kind of, you know, just highlight, you know, what are the areas of society that you might be interested in working in? What are the types of people that you might be interested in working in? And I was highlighting things like prisons and hospitals and all those sorts of things. And then I went onto the Monash um, Uni website and it was all in this little blurb of social workers and where social workers can mm. work, you know, family violence, refugees, you know, so many different areas. So I sort of felt like, wow, yes, <laughs> thanks God. I've got that clarity at least. Um, and then I very much went into more health social work and you see the total spectrum of life there from birth to death. Um, and for some reason, I actually felt very called and drawn into working in sort of grief and loss um, because that empathy and compassion, I think, and meeting people during a really difficult time. I think a lot of people don't want to sit with the uh, the uncomfortable things in life and grief, loss, death and dying, very uncomfortable topics. And for some reason, I don't know why, but um, it seems to be God's sort of giving me this strange, mm. I mean, ability that I love it too, to be able to sit in those moments and just provide support, be there for people and meet them in that time. Um, so I really, I feel like I have kind of found right now where God has um, called me to be. It's sort of the opportunity to be in the current role I am really came about out of the blue from nowhere kind of the director where I was contacted me and and yeah this opportunity came from that um yeah so that's a long-winded way of (laughs) um yeah Mm -hmm. just saying where I definitely feel called um to work with people who are going through a difficult time and that empathy compassion um you know God calls us to work with the orphans and and widows support them so you know those sorts of things really pull at my heartstrings and I feel Mm -hmm. very drawn to those areas Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) Well, I'm sure there's many young professionals listening to this podcast still trying to figure out their why and figure out where they fit in. What would your advice be to them? I think just um, listen to God's call in your life and take time to ask God and seek his wisdom, but also seek the wisdom of others. And I think, you know, often um, God does speak through others and 
Mm. So counsel from people who've been there before, who've mm. sought God's will in their life and um, ask them, you know, questions around, you know, where they see you should be going and what next steps they think you should take. And, um, yeah, seek lots of people around you who can input and, and ultimately seek God's will. Mm. And I would say, too, um, as a first point, that it's great that, that you know, if you're a young professional, uh, a young person, you're thinking, I do want to find this out. I think, great, that's awesome that you're almost, you know, trying to be intentional about it because I think some mm. people aren't necessarily intentional. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but to go on that journey of being like, I really want to figure out where God has called me, I think, great first step and being intentional um, mm. and active about it. Like I said, I was doing sort of a questionnaire thing, but, you know, what, what if it, you know, using the support from others around you and, but, um, yeah, and finding out where God really wants you. Obviously, that's mm. number one priority, but actually being intentional and taking some steps to actually figure that out. Um, but it's not easy. It's taking risks. Like during my journey mm. of where I ended up now, I had to make a decision at one point where I went to a different workplace and I kind of prayed about it. I had peace about it. And when I got there, I was like, this wasn't the right decision. You know, I was like, oh, I missed where I was and it was so good back there. Why am I here, God? And then I really felt a strong sense of be faithful to where I've called you. And it was, you know, I was like, okay, so you know, okay, I'll push through. For, I was there for a couple of years and then I went on maternity leave and, um, you know, as God how he works it was out of the blue I kind of found out about this opportunity to go back to the actual other workplace where I was doing more of that palliative care work um, and they very much said it was kind of through my passion about what I was loving doing that they wanted to um, create a bit of an opportunity for me so I was kind of like wow you know three four years later I was like oh, okay and you know doing that other role made me even more passionate and knowledgeable for mm. the current role that I'm doing mm. and more inspired to um, do the best that I can in, in my current role. So, I mean, yeah, God's God's mm. amazing. He's, <laughs> you know, all powerful, all knowing. He knows. So resting in that and trusting in that process, which is much easier said than done. <laughs> Yeah, trusting in God's sovereignty. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to know what our life is meant to look like for the next 20 years, but just trusting that every step of the way, every job, every opportunity, God is lining it up. And eventually it's almost like a blank canvas and he just details that painting in every season and that why is slowly formed. And some people know their why early on and others, as you mentioned, it takes time. But I just think gathering is just such a pivotal conference for people to attend. I'm not sure if I should call it a conference. Do you call it a conference? <laughs> Maybe a gathering. <laughs> yeah. So good. Well, I'm sure there's young professionals listening to this interested in gathering. Where can they find out more information? Uh, at our website, which is gathering.org.au. Um, because of COVID, it's probably going to be until next year that we're mm. able to do this again. Mm. Um, but we'll be, definitely be back and we'll be taking a whole another group of people through gathering and we plan to do this for many years, God willing. Well, thank you so much, Jono and Laura, for sharing your story today and having little Jack with you as well. I loved having him, but honestly, I've personally learned so much and have really loved this conversation. So thank you and we look forward to chatting to you soon. Oh, thanks, thanks Beck. We so appreciate the opportunity. It's been great to chat. So thanks so much and for having Jack as well in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Thank you for listening to another episode of More Than Talk. If you know of anyone that's making a difference in their world, we would love to have them on the podcast. 
so please message us via Instagram at morethantalk underscore podcast. We also would love for you to join our community. So follow us, subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast around as we believe these stories will not only inspire, but challenge us to do more than just talk.